Painted Arrow podcast, committed to taking you beyond the pursuit. Howdy folks, it's November 22nd and we have a really good podcast for you guys. Um, we're kind of coming off of the Moment series. I would I would say that this is probably not a part of the Moment series. Would you agree? Yeah, no, this is maybe the the recap of it or, or yeah, just it's over. The, the Moment series is over to, for the year 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, the last four or five episodes you guys need to go listen to because let's just recap what the Moment series was real quick, Dev. Why okay. don't you do that? So we set out to um, kind of document what it's like for the guy, the typical Midwestern guy that saves up all his vacation time and maybe he takes a week off and he's got a weekend on both ends. So you get seven to 10 days of hunting to get it done. So what we wanted to do to do was put pressure on ourselves for a week to try to get some deer harvested and document that whole process, do rut reports, do updates on podcasts, which we did quite a few of, and just basically document what we're seeing in the woods, what our encounters were, what we're learning, all that stuff. And so we did that the 7th through the 11th was that week, that five-day week, and then we had weekends on both ends. And so, like, you need to go back and listen to that because it it doesn't happen ever the way you you think it's going to happen or the way you want it to happen. So that Friday, as a quick, like, total recap, Mm -hmm. the Friday leading into that week, that weekend, yeah, Devin and I doubled up on November 4th. Yep. On a brand new property. Fast forward, we were hunting pretty hard and pretty, I mean, it was a good time. Yeah. All the way through, I shot a buck on the ninth, on the morning of the ninth. Mm-hmm. Fast forward through, and the gun opener basically was the next time that any of us had any actual kills. And I think that's how we're going to really spend some time today is tell your story mm-hmm. of the deer that you shot, of the deer that you've had a lot of history with, of the deer that you've yeah. been patterning like crazy. It's a deer that we've been talking about on this podcast a lot, and it's a deer that is getting the skull mount right now. Yeah, he's in the pot. He's in the pot. So yeah. lay that out for us. Well, I want to touch on one thing first. So when you and I doubled up on the 4th, and I probably talked about this in that podcast, so maybe it's not super relevant, but I missed an opportunity at a really good deer that I call Pretty Boy on the 3rd that evening and uh was kind of beating myself up and then it's just crazy how quickly everything can turn because less than 24 hours later you and i had two bucks on the ground like doubled up within an hour of each other within 30 minutes and it's just it's crazy so so i say that to just state the obvious that all it takes is one hot dough or one like it only takes one and the whole season can change and it's just crazy how everything can happen but um on the topic of that deer, I did, I actually, I didn't clean miss him. I skimmed his brisket, um, pretty boy. And I can report that during that week of hunting during the moment series, I did get eyes on him and he was rutting hard and chasing does and he's in, he's in good shape. He's doing just fine. So that was, uh, I don't know, reassuring for me or kind of gave me a little bit of peace of mind, which is always nice. But yeah, so um, we killed, we both killed on the fourth, you killed on the ninth and, um, I'd have to have to look back, but I think the second half of that week it heated back up pretty good mm. and the hunting kind of went, or I, I remember cause we didn't even touch on this. You and I sat again together, um, at, at, at my new property yeah. where we doubled up and this was probably, I'd have to look back at it, but I want to say this was, uh. The 13th. I think it was the 13th. I think it was a Sunday night. It was a Sunday night. It was a Sunday night. And because uh, Monday was the 14th and Tuesday was the 15th, which is the opener. So you and I sat my new property for only the third time this year that it's been hunted on the 13th. And we got out to the same set where I killed my buck. Real windy. Had a good wind. Got in. 
and we saw how many how many bucks do you think we saw that was one of those hunts where like we had i don't think we had any expectations no but how we could were just we? like it's the lockdown well that that's what i realized like we went into that thinking man i think these deer cuz the last couple of days of hunting leading up to that were hard i was getting eyes on bucks not responsive to calls wouldn't leave the does yep that was like probably 10, 11, 12. You killed on the ninth. 10, 11, 12. I hunted hard and wasn't really, wasn't wasn't getting any opportunities. I was seeing deer. I was seeing bucks and they were just locked down with those. And we went out that night on the 13th at my new property, again, for the only the third hunt out there and got eyes on probably four or five different bucks that I would have killed. Probably a total of eight or nine bucks. We saw deer all over. And they were almost all of them, aside from this little two-year-old that was tempting us at the end of the night, all of them were with does and Lock, wouldn't leave them. Like, that was the first time that we, I mean, you know, we do our research, we go in, and we kind of, like, kind of apply the things that we've been reading about or studying or, like, Drury, whatever we listened to him say or whatever, and we went in and we actually saw exactly what what we expected to see and it was wild the, the the you brought up jury that was a good point i was reading and listening to some of his content on how to hunt the lockdown and he was saying his personal like opinion on the lockdown is he doesn't like hunting it because it's so hard like it's just so difficult to hunt a lockdown buck and he but one of the things he mentioned was when a buck's locked down with a doe for an extended period of time he said hunt near water because if they get up and move around they're going to go get something to drink um, and the weirdest thing is out of those eight bucks we saw that night, probably three or four of them went to the Creek to drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. I mean, I, I could, I could probably count on, you know, I, I haven't had a lot of encounters prior to that of like seeing deer drink all the time. Yeah. It, it, and like that hunt was very, we were being extremely aggressive. Mm-hmm. Cause we had nothing to lose I mean, on that property. Peak of the rut. Yeah. So, like, it wasn't us out there grunting and rattling our behinds off. It, I mean, it's not like a, it's not it's not that out of the ordinary for these deer, really. Yeah, yeah. And so, we were, you were being really aggressive with the calling, and yeah. it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Seeing a lot of deer. With, I mean, as soon as we got up into the tree and starting to get our saddles out and kind of scurrying I mean, you out. were up the tree, and I was still getting up the tree, and you're like, there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's an eight point over here. There's some does right here. Like, stop. Okay, go ahead. Wait, stop. Okay, go ahead. Like we ended up getting in and we were exciting. covered in deer. Yeah. Um anyway, so so yeah, deer were locked down. And that was kind of my experience for my hunts from like 10, 11, 12, 13. Mm-hmm. I did not go out the 14th and then on the 15th, which was the gun opener, um I had really used up all my vacation time on the moment series, so I did not take off the 15th, the gun opener here in Michigan. So I did not go out opening morning. Uh, I did get out of work in time to make it out the evening of the 15th. And so I'd have to, I I don't know what the last day I would have hunted the Crick Woods would have been. I think I hunted it on like the 7th or the 8th. So from like the 7th or 8th through the 15th, there was no pressure on the property. And then I went out the evening of the 15th and I pulled a card on my way in, um, I have one of those little dongles that you plug into your phone, and I was swiping through just a couple of the most recent photos. There were so many photos, I didn't get through all of them, but I was sweeping, uh, swiping through just some of the most recent ones when I got in that afternoon, and there were bucks in the food plot that morning, like daylighting. Like, mm-hmm. it was obvious to me that there was a hot dough in there. There was three or four different bucks that would flash by the camera, and, like, 50 minutes would go by, and the same buck would be by the camera. I'm like, okay... There's like there's a hot doe in this area and, and these For deer sure. are in here. And so I got in and I hunted a stand that you really like. It's one that we moved this summer. I'd only hunted it one time all year. This would have been the second time I got in it. And I get up in this stand. For anybody who's not from Michigan, our opener was like textbook beautiful, but by some people's like standard or description like it was gross weather like it was cold and it was like a rainy snow so it was just cold and wet which 
great for deer. Great. It was awesome hunting conditions. But I say that because I got up in the stand and I left my scope cover on because it was coming down pretty good. And it w- I didn't want water pooling in my scope when I leaned my gun up. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there and I'm swiping through these photos and I'm like, man, there's some good buck activity in here this morning. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get eyes on one. And I, I literally hear crunch and I turn to my left and there's a shooter eight point inside of 25 yards. And I'm like, I mean, I could have killed him with my bow. Problem is he came in how no deer ever comes into this spot. And he's about to like in any second, he's going to walk downwind to me. And I'm like, okay, awesome. So he stops behind the tree I cannot see him, but I know he's directly downwind. I'm reaching for my gun. I take my scope cover off. It kind of makes a sound. I don't know if he caught my wind. I think he definitely caught my wind, but it was either the wind or the sound of the scope. He, he tears off, like just starts, starts running. But both from mule deer hunting and just experience with white-tailed deer hunting, I'm like, at some point, he's going to stop and look back and be like, what the heck was going on over there? So I shoot to my feet, and I turn around in this ladder stand facing the direction that he's running. And sure enough, like probably 85 yards away, he stops perfectly broadside and is just looking, trying to figure out what it was that he didn't like. And I'm on him at this point, and I'm I'm trying to lean up against the tree, and there's like a crotch in the tree, so I'm leaning through the crotch, and I've got brush on the backside of my tree, and then he stopped behind a few saplings. And I'm basically, I'm, I think I can probably take a shot at him. He's broadside, and so I, I make the game time decision, click off the safety, and I, I let it ride. And Let me hear your gunshot noise. like. I mean, that 450 blew my eardrums out, man. That's just really like, like it. Yeah, I was, my ears Do were you have ringing. The, the break on the end? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. And you're shooting through the crotch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit of <laughs> sound. A little resonated, yeah. God. Um, so, hold on. You're, what set are you in? The double that you like on the corner the of the double. ticket. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So, I shoot, and this deer starts running, and my gut reaction immediately was, hey, that deer does not look hit. Yeah. Like, when you hit a deer with the 450, you know it. And they know it. They either don't go anywhere or they look like they're not going real far. You know it and they know it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like they either my, – my my other experience shooting a buck with the 450 is he just dropped right where he was standing. Threw some and, brush. Yeah. And so I figured if I had hit him at all, he'd like I'd be able to tell from the body language. And I'm like, man, that deer does not look hit. And I called you. And in the moment I thought – it could have been Pretty Boy, that big eight point that I had missed on November 3rd. Still not positive it was or wasn't because it happened so quick. But it was a big eight point regardless. So I call you and I'm like, dude, I just shot Pretty Boy, uh, but he didn't look hit. And you're like, what do you What do you mean he didn't look hit? Hold on. I just want to inter- interject here. Oh. Cause yeah. At the same <laughs> – this I'll follow up Devin's tale, but yeah, I was having an experience of my own. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, a, an opening right day when experience. you called. So, anyways, you called me. I called you, and I'm like, I just shot Pretty Boy. Or actually, I called you, and before I could even say anything, you're like, dude, we are on a huge buck right now, and we're about to go make a play on this thing. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I just shot Pretty Boy, and you were like, what? And I'm like, but he didn't look hit. And I, you're like, you're sure it was Pretty Boy? And I'm like, no, I don't know. It was a big eight point. He was inside of 20 yards. It happened so quick, and he didn't look hit. Like, what do I do? And at this point, I had already shot a buck with my bow. So if I did or did not get this deer, or if I did get this deer, I'm tagged out. Like, I can't just assume I didn't hit him. So you're like, you got to go look for blood. I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I get down, and I go over there, and I look for blood. And immediately, I'm having these feelings where I'm like, I am a, like, I almost feel like a newbie to gun hunting. Like, I cannot figure out where the (laughs) heck this deer was standing. Like, one, I've become so reliant on the MagPro to tell me exactly where that deer was. And two, when you're bow hunting, your encounter is so close, there's less guesswork of where he was. Yeah. When it's 85 yards away or 100 yards away just over there, my, like, first of all, it's hard to even tell from the stand where he was. And then you yeah. get down there and I, I'm like, 
where the heck? I couldn't find blood. I couldn't find anything. And I had already thought I missed, but I'm like, I need to make sure I missed. You were you were very uh, I flustered. Yeah, you were like, I'm I'm not a gun hunter. I don't know what I'm like. I don't <laughs> even know what I'm doing. Yeah, like, <laughs> so I couldn't find anything after about 20 minutes of looking. And yeah. I took my gun with me. You said that. You're like, when you get down, take your gun with you. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> so I'm walking over there, and I've got my 450 on my shoulder, and I, I decide, like, man, I cannot find blood. I had thought I saw, like, hoof marks and leaves rustled where he ran, and just no blood, nothing. Mm. So I get back up in the stand, and I turn around, and I'm, like, looking where I was just looking. And, again, behind my tree, but not over where he was, behind my tree there was some immediate brush that I had shot through. Mm-hmm. And there was like an end of a twig that was just completely snapped off, fresh. Where you, it was obvious that's where my bullet went. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay. So if I then held my rifle up and I followed that, like that trajectory. If it were to have hit that twig, and then that told me like, oh my god, I was looking in completely the wrong spot. So I got back down again, rifle over my shoulder, go over there. I'm looking for 20 minutes, and finally I find a sapling, at shoulder of a deer height with a freaking bullet hole through it and i'm like i mean i didn't dig it out of the tree but it was obvious i hit the tree it didn't not the pass deer. through no really yeah we got to get out there and go look cut at that. that tree and then yeah make a little shrine of it or something yeah so at that point in that exact moment i'm like okay i understand why i couldn't find blood i missed the deer and i'm literally like oh like it was a great buck and I literally almost physically throw my hands up. And I'm like, man, what the hell? And I look to my left. And I'm like, is that a deer? And there was a buck about 100 yards away that had just just standing there watching me look for blood the whole time. I have to imagine he was for the whole time. I don't know. When I saw him, though, he didn't look alert to the point where he was ready to leave. He was just kind of like, what the hell is that over there? And so... I slowly slip my gun off my shoulder. He's staring at me this whole time. So I'm not like waiting for him to look away. Like I'm just slow doing everything I'm doing very slowly. Slowly slip my gun off my shoulder. I get it positioned in my hand. I slowly raise it. And I get him in the scope and I'm like, wow, that's a good buck. And I, at this point, I'm tr- like, I took a really long time to try to figure out, is that the eight point? He's looking straight at me. So I can't see anything other than like, yeah. Good mass and the width of the rack and the height of the rack, but I, I can't tell anything other than that. So I'm trying to figure out if I think it's that eight point that I just so, missed. So just for me, so when you're in that double and you shot at this deer, what cardinal direction did you shoot and hit that sapling? I shot southeast. So you're shooting southeast. I shot southeast. So you're over in the southeast now, and now where is this deer at? So hang on. So I shoot southeast, and when I shot that eight point, like I said, he tore off kind of into the swamp, but almost directly east, like he was going to head right over the road. Mm-hmm. And when he started running, again, my gut reaction was he he was not hit, and then I saw all these other white tails out of the swamp. Mm-hmm. So there was a bunch of other deer behind him. And so I then get down, go look for for blood, didn't find it, got back up in the stand, got how, back down to look for blood. How wet was it down there? Kind of wet. I mean, not... Not like you'd need knee boots for, but it was wet. Okay. Um, and so now you're down there. I'm down there the second time. I had just figured out, man, I hit this sapling. I see this other this buck staring at me while I was looking for blood, and I'm, I've raised my gun. I'm staring at him through the scope, and I'm trying to figure out, is it that eight point that I just shot at? But I'm saying now, what He's cardinal direction are you directly east, east of me. Like, just... Towards d- the road. Like, probably 20 yards from the road. Okay. I thought he was closer to me than he was. He ended up being like 20 to 30 yards from the road. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe like 50. But either way, yeah, he's over He's over that direction. Got you. So I'm staring at him, and I can't figure out through the scope what he is, but at this point I think he's the eight point that I just missed, and he must have been with a hot doe, and he just wouldn't leave. So when I shot him, it didn't scare him too much. He hung up up in the swamp, and now he's coming back. That's what I had told myself. So at this point, I'm like, that's a good buck. I can't find blood on this other deer. I saw where I hit the sapling. I clearly didn't hit him. So I click the safety off. And again, I'm kind of shooting, uh, or he's over in the direction of a road. So it goes through my head where I'm like, let's make sure there's no cars coming. Like, it's dead silent. And I'm like, okay. 
and I'm freehand over 100 yards, and I just slowly, I took the safety off, and I just held it. You know, he was slightly quartering to me, so I put it just at the back of his shoulder and just slowly squeezed off. And this time, he took off like a wheelbarrow. Like, he goes directly south into the swamp, parallel with the road. And, I mean, every bound he took, he was just getting closer and closer to the ground. Like, he basically didn't have front legs. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I hit him. Like, there was no doubt that time. So hold on. So back to the shot. When 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 you're walking around, did you have your scope on, like, the least amount of zoom? Yeah, I had it on four. So, four times. So you're you're freehanding that four zoom at a hundred yard. Little over a hundred, yeah. Yep. It's good. <laughs> and so he 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 hauls off into the swamp and I'm like, I hit him good. And so I start walk based on how I felt about this other encounter, I'm like, I'm not a gun hunter, I can't find blood. I almost immediately, while it's fresh in my mind, start walking to where I thought he was. Like I racked another one, put it over my shoulder, or actually I don't even think I put it over my shoulder. I was just holding it, safety back on, and I'm just walking towards the direction of where I think he was standing, not where he went. I'm trying to go where he was standing so I can get in that vicinity quickly before it's all a blur again. And I get, I close probably half the distance, and a doe stands up from her bed. So he was with, he was tending a doe. Um, and that's probably why he just watched me that whole time and wouldn't leave her. They were just bedded right there. They were just bedded right there. And so how close did you get to this doe before she took off? 40, 50 yards. And then she stands up and goes up into the thicket. Much the other way. Yep, and he had went straight south into the swamp. So I get over there. I'm pretty sure I can see where he was standing, where like the leaves are all rustled, where he tore off. No blood. Can't find any blood. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like I just watched all of this happen in real time. I know I hit him. Why can't I find any blood? And again, I've done a lot more bow hunting than I have gun hunting. Yeah. So I'm just telling myself, like, man, I am a shitty gun hunter. Like, I don't know how anybody finds ever finds any deer if they don't if they go anywhere. <laughs> and again, this whole time, I'm like, man, we need to figure out how to get a mag pro on a high high powered rifle without it sh- pinging my phone <laughs> off there. Because like, man, I'd love to know where he was standing right now. And uh, I look around for 15, 20 minutes, still can't find blood. And I call my dad. He ends up bringing my brother out. Mm -hmm. I called another. Again, we'll get to your encounter, but you were having a whole little journey of your own. So I called another buddy of mine who lives kind of close. And I'm like, look, I know I smashed this deer. I can't find blood. We may end up in a grid search situation, but the way that he left where he was standing, I know he's not far. Like, I need somebody with some amount of reason to come help me because I can't find blood. I'm driving myself insane, but I know this deer's dead. They're like, okay, we'll be right out. Throw on their orange. Dad and brother come out. My dad doesn't hunt but has been around it his whole life with me hunting. My brother doesn't hunt at all, never been on a blood trail. And uh, my buddy Ryan came out as well. Before Ryan even gets there, we're just, my dad and I and my brother Zach are starting to look and I mean, we're looking for 10, 15 minutes. At this point, I'm thinking that they think I'm crazy. I, I, re- I gave them the whole story so that they had context. Like, this is the general direction I think he went. Yeah. And they're like, dude, there's no blood. Like, are you sure you hit this thing? And I'm like, yes, I, I know. I, I watched him tear off like he had no front legs. He was basically running on his face. Like, he's, he's right out here somewhere. And... My dad and I are looking in this one specific spot and just walking around, can't find anything. And my brother eventually goes, hey, over here. And I'm like, what? He's like, right over here. And I'm like, "Uh, what? Blood? Deer? Possum? Like, what? <laughs> He's like, right over here. And he ke- he, ke- he like keeps saying something, but he turns his head pointing in the direction that he's talking about. Right Every- over here. Exactly. So I can't hear him. I'm out in the middle of this swamp. And I'm like, what? Like, again... He's not he's not a deer hunter, never been on a blood trail. Like he so he he's just like right over here. And I'm like, What? And so we, we haul over there and there's the deer laying right there. He almost stepped on it. He goes, I just saw all this grass right here. It looked like something fell out of the sky and landed right here and I looked ten feet over there and there's a deer laying there. <laughs> I'm like, son of a So anyway, uh it was Beckham. It was not the eight point. It was this big, heavy seven seven point that I have 
probably over 200 trail camera photos of. Um, had an encounter with him on October 26th with my bow at 55 yards and didn't uh, didn't take a shot. He was eating in the food plot, and I just opted not to take a shot that far. Mm-hmm. But I have countless trail camera photos of him. I have photos on my phone through my binoculars this summer of him eating in the beans. Um, I know this deer really well. Like, if you've listened to previous podcasts, he's kind of the first what I'll call resident deer. Like, we don't have a ton of acreage to the point where I've ever had anything remotely like a mature deer, mature buck live in there. But he's he's always lived close. Like, Every picture I've gotten from him, he's coming from a specific direction. He hits these cameras at a specific time range. Like, I've never had an encounter or yeah. experience like that with a deer where I've actually been able to hunt him. Mm-hmm. And so it was a big deal for me on the 26th of October when I had kind of pieced together some trail camera data, some wind data, and, like, the weather situation. I was like, man, I'm going to go hunt this deer tonight in this stand. And then I saw him in daylight, and it was just, like, kind of came full circle for me. So I, I've been hunting this deer. And then on uh, November 3rd-ish was the last photo I got of him. He disappeared from November 3rd through November. He showed up once on the 12th. So from the 3rd to the 12th, he he, he he was gone. Showed up back on the 12th, and then he was gone from the 12th to the 15th. Showed up the morning of the 15th. I killed him the evening of the 15th. And, yeah, I walked up on him. And I'm like, holy crap, it's Beckham. Um, blown away, super excited, uh, would have liked to, you know, get a chance at him with my bow, but super cool to have the story come for full circle. And yeah, I mean, my brother walked up on the deer and I said, is he big? He goes, looks big to me. And I walked up and yeah, it wasn't the eight point. It was, it was Beckham and he was not going to leave that doe. So how far was that deer from where you shot him? 35, 40 yards. Really? Yeah. Really close? Yeah. That's so interesting. Maybe 50. I mean, not not far. But where I thought he was standing is not where he was standing. Mm. So once we found where he was, we tracked that back to where he was standing. Was there blood? No. No exit? Very minimal. That's what I want to talk about. So anyway, I tracked that back from where he died to where he was standing, and I'm like, okay, he was a lot farther than where I, like, I got to a certain point that I thought he was, and then I went right into the swamp or south into the swamp. He was a lot farther beyond that point before he went south into the swamp. So the shot was a lot longer than I thought at the time. Hmm. Um, But from where he was at, from where I was looking, he was probably 60 to 70 yards. From where he was actually standing when I shot him, he was 40 to where he died. Hmm. But anyway, I go through the front shoulder. It exits um, behind his offside shoulder, and the bullet gets stuck in the hide. Really? There's no... I'm going to show this to you for the first time on this podcast. I haven't even told you about this. Um, Did it mushroom pretty good? Yeah, so I found... Obviously, I found the bullet and everything, but uh, my grandpa... I took it over to my grandpa's house, and he... uh, he skinned it for me while I was at work, and then I went over and helped him process it. And he sends this to me. He's like, there's why you couldn't find blood. On the off side, because it didn't go through the hide, all of the blood got pumped out of the deer between the hide and the outside of the deer, and he had this huge hematoma. Like, it ruined a lot of the rib meat. Yeah. He bled a bunch, just not externally. It was all between the hide and the actual That's pretty wild. Carcass. Yeah. I think we need to post that. I'll post that. And I have I've saved the bullet and everything. Um I found some of the copper in the hide and then the actual like mushroomed bullet, I have that as well. And it fell out when my grandpa was pr- um cutting the deer up. Yeah, it's pretty wild, out. dude. Yeah. See, but I mean it's it, important I think for hunters. Like I think a lot of times it's I can't I can't really say this confidently, but I think after you shoot the deer, whether it's in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. morning, it's kind of cool to see, you know, do a little bit of dissecting and understand, like, what exactly happened. Yeah. Because I think it does make you a little bit better of a hunter just in terms of, like, angles. Oh, yeah. Because once you start to, like, 
look at it and see exactly what happened. You're like, well, and you start to just gain a little more every year. And I love to look inside after you've got them all cleaned out and just kind of see where it came through, where it exited. Mm-hmm. This this double lunged him. I missed his heart, but it double lunged him. I mean, there whether I whether anybody ever found blood, you look at what happened to that deer, and he never had a prayer of going anywhere. No. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, in the moment, right, right after it happened, I would have told you, yeah, I just made a freehand shot at 60 to 70 yards on a deer. I think he was right over there. It ended up being over a hundred and I had no clue where he was or where he went. Like it, that just goes to show you how quickly all that happens and how much of a blur it is. And that exact moment and experience is exactly why we created this product for bow hunting Mm -hmm. because like, it's so, it is such a blur in that moment after. Yeah. Especially on something like that where I didn't know he was coming in. I didn't have any time to prepare. I wasn't, like, I was looking for blood, and then he was right there, and I raised up my gun, and I shot him. It just happened so quickly. I had no I had no perspective or my bearings or anything. Yeah, it's so, like, so both the deer you shot this year, like, you would, like, you would call me and tell me something, mm-hmm. and then... Like I would, I would get this intel from you, and it'd be in my mind, like, not necessarily forefront on this second deer because I was having my own situation. Yeah. But then you'd call me back a second time, and you'd tell me something like, "I just, I just did this," and I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, how did that go from this to that? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you give me these little niblets of information, and. Both Instead of letting the whole story play out and just call you with the result, yeah, like you, you're you, along for it. Yeah, a you're lot like, of times. I just miss. I'm gonna get all of her blood, and then next phone call I get, I just shot Pretty Boy, and I'm like, or I'm <laughs> sorry, just shot Beckham, and I'm like, what? Well, at, the, at that point, I thought it was him again. I thought he had just come back around, and it was the same buck I missed. Yeah, that's. I exactly had no right. idea it was Beckham until we walked up on him. I said, because then I called you, and I'm like, well, it wasn't Pretty Boy. I missed Pretty Boy, but. I'm standing over Beckham right now, and you were like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that was like the third <laughs> call I got. I'm like, "This just keeps getting richer and richer." Yeah. So, so now you've got to give us some context. So I call you. Well, well let me let me figure out how we want to start this. I got a good place. So you went out that morning. So yeah. So I'm gonna step back actually even okay. a little bit further. Okay. okay. So my old man, my my dad. Yeah. He's. It's probably good that he uh, he he might listen to this. He probably will listen to this. Yeah. But it, I want him to be here to share this. But I want to share it for him. Mm-hmm. Um. He he's never really shot like a really really good buck. You know. Yeah. He he kind of he's he grew up in that era where it's brown, it's down. They did a lot of deer driving, and they just it it just is a little bit different than the way that Devin and I hunt hunt and talk about hunting and, and the way that we do our business, and so. It's really been on my chest to get my dad a good deer. And the last couple of years, you know, he's been upgrading some of his equipment. He got a whole new arrow set. He was shooting those, like, aluminum, like, you know, mm-hmm. zero penetration type arrows. Like, <laughs> we got him set up with some good stuff. And, you know, he, he's got an older Matthew solo cam. And we, we put a new, um, you know, rest. Uh, and just a bunch of new stuff on the bow. Just kind of over the year last year and we uh we took more time to put in sets in different locations and he's he's injured a couple deer with with his past setup and so all this to say this this was the year i'm mm-hmm. like dad this is your year you're set up you're dialed i would call him all the time in the summer and i would say you need you need to be practicing like right now you need to be practicing for the season right now in august and uh you shouldn't have showed me that text. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. My mind's racing now. Anyway, so that we're gonna have to come back to we're that. We're gonna text. have to come back to that. Yeah. So we just had some information come in that in live real time here. Real time. So I'm telling my dad, like, hey, this is your year. The 14th, the day before the gun opener in Michigan, I go out hunting, and I'm tagged out. I'm living the good life. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting out drinking bush lights and I'm on vacation and I got no pressure. I'm, I'm processing deer and I'm enjoying my, my vacation. And the 14th comes around and I said, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try and get some footage with our new product on the crossbow. And so I go out and I'm going to try and 
I'm going to try and do a little bit of uh, scouting for my dad for the morning, the 15th. And so the 14th, I'm out hunting, and right before kind of like last light, I see a deer that I talk about a lot, 2.0. 2.0 comes right through the property. He goes right through the whole property. I, I watched him the whole time. And I'm sitting in a spot where I have very low odds of really having a good encounter, but mm-hmm. I can see a long way. So this deer comes through, I'm watching this deer, goes all the way through the property, and I'm thinking, you know, every time I typically see one of these deer, like one of these mature deer in the area, the next morning they're going to be in the area. Like it's almost, it's just like yeah, very, it's works. very typical. And I'm thinking, ooh, in the front of the property hadn't really been touched all that much, and the wind was right for the next day, and I'm like, Dad, we're going we're gonna to have an opportunity, I think, the next day. So my dad comes out. Spends the night. We wake up November fifteenth, and it's it's exactly like you were saying. It's just like a great hunting day. Really cold. We go out hunting. The wind kind of shifted, so I put my dad in the back in the stand. That um, he he's an old he's an older dude, right? He's sixty years old. I wanted to put him in a set in the dark when you're going out and accessing in the dark. That's kind of safe. So I put him in a like a ladder stand out in the back where I shot my buck on the ninth, mm-hmm. and so. He's there. I'm in the exact same set that I was the night before when I saw 2.0 come through the property. Yeah. And I'm thinking the same thing. Like, I didn't even take out a gun that morning. I took out the crossbow. I said, if a doe's going to come right in front of me, I'm going to I'm gonna try and get some cool footage. Um, but if not, I'm going to scan this whole bottom in the front, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that we can get eyes on something. So the whole morning, I'm glassing, basically. So first light, November 15th, I'm glassing, and it's cold. And I see a big, big, big rack on the opposite. I mean, I'm on one property line. I'm looking all the way to the other's property line. So as far as my property is long, like I'm, I'm looking out all that way through the binoculars, and I see a giant rack first light. have no idea what the deer is, but I'm thinking it's 2.0. I'm like, that deer is coming back on the property. And I'm just like, holy cow. He's going down to this area, what we call the buck nest, where this Holy Spirit buck that we talk about all the time that I shot on October 1st. He's going to this little patch of trees that is surrounded by CRP. Mm-hmm. It's not even an acre of like thick trees and it's surrounded by really tall grass and that's where this deer is heading and I'm like he's following does in there and he's going to go right in there. So I'm watching this intently all day, all morning. I'm like looking for... Did you guys sit late? We sat till about 11. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm looking on the back side of this, cause there's a really heavily traveled path on the back side of this little chunk of trees in the middle of the CRP and no deer exited off the back side of this. Mm-hmm. And I have the perfect angle to see everything going on. And so I call my dad and I'm like, dad, let's go get some breakfast. I just saw a really big buck at first light, go right into this area and we're going to go in there and we're going to kill him this afternoon. I mean, that's exactly the phone call. Yeah. That was the phone call of my was dad. Was he fired up? No, not really. He was like, okay. <laughs> so he, <laughs> had gets, he Had he seen anything? No. Where he was? I don't think he saw a single thing that morning. Okay. okay. So he gets down. We go get some breakfast. You know, we chill out, take a nap, getting ready for the, the afternoon hunt. I'm like, I'm fired up because mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, this is going to happen. Yeah. I don't know what deer that is, but he's a good looking buck. You have no idea what what deer. No idea. I You're just sure see. at this point he's not 2.0. He's not. No, I have no idea. Okay. He I just, just knew he was big white, crystal okay. white okay. rack, okay. first light on the 15th. Yep. And so we get ready, and I lay out the plan to my dad. We get ready about 1.30, 2 o'clock. All right, 2.30's around, we're going. And it's driz- it's like drizzling rain. Yeah. It's like a good drizzle rain for sure. We go out there. I got my saddle set on, so the plan was that we were going to go to the stand that I killed the Holy Spirit buck. Hadn't hunted it a whole lot. And this this area is about 60 to 70 yards from this little patch of trees, and it's high risk, high reward. If you go in there and you, like, don't hide behind the tree as you climb up the ladder, these deer are, like, right right there. there. Yeah. And so we we creep down through this CRP grass. I mean, creep took us about 40 minutes to get to the tree. Like, we're creeping. Yeah. I mean, just taking a step, like, on our knees, kind of crawling. Like, we, we were, like, going in there to kill. Finally get to the tree. 
my dad starts to climb up and the ladder's like popping a little. I'm like, oh God. He gets up there and I can hear deer running behind me. And so I'm hitting my dad's leg. I'm like, dad, right, like, what is that? What is that? And he looks and he sees, he's like, I think it's a doe. I think it's a doe. And then he says he turned the other way and he saw two more tails running away. And I'm talking, we got in silent. Mm-hmm. There's no, like there's, we got in there and they heard the ladder. And, and they, it was wet too. Yep. We got in there dead silent. And my dad gets halfway up the ladder and he's looking up there and I can just see him. He's doing a little calculations and <laughs> he comes back down the ladder and he's like, I can't get up in that set. And he didn't have a harness on. And this is one of those yeah, sets that is, it's a young man's set. It really is. It's way up there. It's 20 some feet in the air and you have to like shimmy over on the top. And he just, he's like looking at it like it's wet. I ain't doing that. So he comes back down and we sit there for a minute and I'm like, let's go to this other set. Let's just creep out of here. It's not as good of an area. Like we're not going to be necessarily in it, but let's try that. And and the, the whole plan was like, we're going to get in close and I'm going to rattle and grunt and try and get this deer to come out. Like that was the plan. Yep. Right. That was the whole plan. Get in his bubble, make him, make him, make an aggressive move. Yeah. So we shimmy We're it's raining. We're shimmying and Another 30 minutes go by, and we get all the way to this other set. He gets halfway up the ladder. He's like, I just don't feel safe getting up in that tree. And I'm like, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I remember having a conversation with, like, we can't, we can't stand here and call because if these deer come to our call, it, like, all you'll see is the rack of the deer. Yeah. And when the deer sticks his head all the way up just to kind of, like, look over the top of the grass, you'll see his forehead. That's it. And you won't be able to be able to see at all, mm-hmm. like, where you're shooting. And so I'm thinking we have to be elevated and we have to be like, he, he has to get elevated and I could be on the ground rattle, make a scene. But That'd probably be better. It, it probably would be. So yeah. I'm thinking about all these things. I'm like how, and so I start looking around and it's been an hour and a half at least. So it's like 3.30. Wow. It's like 3.30 in the afternoon. And all you know is you watch this deer go into this area in the morning and you never watch deer exit. So at you're 7 just assuming he's still in there and he didn't slip somehow. At 7 a.m. So this deer's been in there, as far as you know, from 7 a.m. to 3.30, and that's where he's been bedded all day. That was the whole, that we were all into this plan. Yeah. Okay. Like, that was the plan. Like, Dad, I watched that area till 11 o'clock. That deer didn't leave, and if he if he hasn't left in the last three hours, he's still in there. He's yeah. somewhere in this area. Yeah. So I'm looking at all these different options. Like, we can't go to this set. We tried that one. I'm looking at, like, like just the topography now. I'm thinking we got to go way back out towards the road and just we're going to be out of the game. But if I can get somewhat close, rattle, grunt, maybe my dad up on that hill kind of hiding behind some of these cedar trees, mm-hmm. we'll just stand in the middle of CRP. We'll just stand out in the middle of the grass. <laughs> Tuck behind some cedars. And just stand up on this bluff. Like it's a ridge. Yeah. So you look down the ridge one way, it's the road. You look down the ridge the other way, it's about 400 yards where I think this deer's about. Yep. So we creep way back up. We finally get to the top of this ridge and we get situated. It's like, it's hunting. It's like, it's time, time to, to hunt. hunt. Like yeah. it's 4.30, like 4.15, 4.30. And it gets dark about 5.45, like done hunting. Yeah. So I'm up there and my dad, he, he's kind of hiding behind some cedar trees and it's raining and I'm trying to clean off the, the scope, you know, so he can actually see through it with some freaking paper towel that I had in my pocket and uh, I can't hardly see through my, my binoculars because we're shimmying around on the grass. And I'm like, all right, Dad, just you tuck in here, I'll tuck in here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cause a scene and just get ready. Okay, just, just be ready. So you're with him or you peeled off? We're 30 yards apart, okay. and we're literally out in the middle of an open CRP but, field. But are you 30 yards closer to the deer? Or are you behind him or are you to the side of your dad? We're both 400 yards, but we're like spread apart. Because I wanted to be with the But you're no closer to the deer than he is. You're just nope. aside from each Correct. other. Correct. Okay. Okay. I'm so you. I look to my left, and he looks to his right, and we see each other. Okay. And I, uh, I'm i thinking this is really low odds. Like, this area, you go down this hill, the CRP grass is like, you know, it's tall, but it gets really tall. There's like some potato weed in there, and it's like 10 feet tall. Mm-hmm. So if a deer comes walking through there, we, you won't see him. You know, there's just it's just like really low odds, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, all right, dad here, I'm going to, I'm going to go. And so he's kind of, he's kind of like been practicing, like, you know, where he's going to look through the gun. He has your 450. He's got my 450. Yep. Okay. And so 
here, I just I just lay out a gnarly grind, just like like a come on out and play. Just voice. something like just something guttural, just like just yeah. rip it. And it's quiet, right? It's quiet, yeah. but it's raining. Yeah, just just hammer, loud, straight down into the bottom. And the neighbor starts hammering a gun, just pow pow pow, like way off. And they were shooting pretty good all night. Like they had shot like six, seven, were they, were eight they water, times. Were they waterfall hunting? No, they were deer hunting. Huh? They were deer hunting. Okay. Out on the back, and I'm like, wow. There's no <laughs> way that that deer just heard me. So I rip another grunt, just bat, just hammer, bat, 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 just give it a cut. You know, like yeah, go for it. Just going for it. And I shit you not. I grab my binoculars. I look up. Did you think you saw something and that's why you picked up binoculars or you're just looking around with your binoculars after the calling sequence to see if you can pick up movement? Yes. Okay. Just like, I got to see what happens. Like, yep. And, uh, it's that, pick them up. It's that jury, jury kind of rain. And this, this grass is dark brown. Mm -hmm. And all I see is a giant rack. It just stand right up, right from where I think that this deer is bedded. And it just starts marching directly towards us. Just starts marching. <laughs> like, there was no, like, the deer didn't stand up and, like, look and, like, pin its ears and look. It was just, he was he pissed stood off. up, he put his ears back, and he started marching now. Now. And I'm looking. How at, far away is he when you see him? He's, like, 350, 400. Okay. And so my dad can't see that far. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have his glasses on like he should, and he's looking through a wet scope, and I'm, like, <laughs> I'm looking over at my dad, I'm, like, I got my hands up to my head, I'm, like, big buck. Like he's coming and I'm trying to identify this deer and it's, he's like in some thick stuff. He's got to come through this tall 10, 12 foot grass. And then he pops out into like the normal level CRP grass. And at that point he's about a hundred yards and I'm thinking this deer is going to come right to us. Yep. So this deer stands out. Good wind? Great wind. We're, it, we're in the it chips. It's going directly to the, to the east. We had an east wind. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's coming, coming from the east? It's or? an east wind. Okay. Okay. So Perfect. And I'm thinking, holy shit, this is about to happen. Like, like here here it is. Like, this is the deer. And I, I didn't recognize the deer, but it was a big 10-point. Yeah. Big 10-point. Like, big rack, big wide deer. Like, he's a shooter. I'm Slick like, Dad, deer. big deer. I'm like, he's right there. And he's we're, we should have been together. I don't know why we were apart, but we were, I, I just, for some reason, thought, like, the closer I was to this bottom area, mm -hmm. this deer would come in in a way that would allow my dad a shot for some reason. And so... He, he, he can't, like, identify where this deer is. I'm, like, I'm like putting my binoculars down to, like, see what he's seeing. And I'm putting my binoculars up. And I'm, like, oh, he's right. He's coming. And I keep, like, going back and forth between putting my binoculars up and down because I want to, like, understand what my dad's seeing. Yeah. And finally, I'm, like, oh, he's got to see him. Like, he's just a big white rack walking, you know. And, so and he came through all the tall stuff at this point. Yep. He drops right out into the normal stuff. Now you can see the grass just, like, popping around. Like, he's coming. And he's, like, he did not waver on pace like from the moment he stood up and started coming he's just coming dead beeline never stopped once nope wow you pissed him off and so like i see this deer with my naked eye now and i'm like dad dad look like look and he's like he, he puts the thumb up and he's like looking through his scope and i'm like oh shit it's, it's, <laughs> it's about to happen like this is a really good deer it was way bigger than both the deer i shot this year wow yeah i mean so big deer yeah it was 130 incher 140 incher like Really good 10-point. Mm -hmm. So the deer comes out through the thick stuff, and he starts raking a cedar tree like it was his, like, <laughs> just punching bag. Just, just yeah. like, and I literally reach for my phone to start filming this, and I hear my dad shoot. And I'm like, no. Like, he was kind of, like, quartering to us, and I'm thinking, like, why did he shoot so early? And I look over at the deer immediately. And this deer, the whole body was in the air. <laughs> I just catch the deer, like, this. I snap my head over to look it again. And next thing I know, like, the deer, I, this picture in my mind, this deer is, like, in Fully the air off the floating. Ground. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's sweet. And uh, I'm like, he for sure hit him. Like, yeah. he for sure hit the deer. I just don't know how, like, where he was aiming. Because you weren't even looking. Yeah, I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't get the whole situation. Oh, it would have been perfect for you to have been able to watch that whole moment through your binoculars. I know, but, but the whole situation, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, he's, he's going to come to our toes. Yeah. Like, just we had good wind. He's coming. Oh, he was going to come right 
to us, like right to us. And so when he shot, it really caught me off guard. Like I thought that my dad was going to wait a little bit. And so I'm, I'm immediately back to the binoculars and I'm looking and I got a great vantage point and this deer starts running into this same direction, goes right back to that area where he stood up and I could just see his rack kind of fluttering and I'm, I didn't know what to think. And I'm like sitting there, like you called me once in between there and I'm like trying to calculate things really quickly. Yeah. It's getting dark now. I'm like, dad, we got to go back to that set that we tried to first go into and like see if we can't get up in that tree stand, get an angle and just like see what what's going on. Because we're like 50 yards at that point. We can maybe see his antlers, see if he's dead, maybe get another shot off. We go in there and I climb up the tree stand and it's raining and it's getting dark and I find this deer's rack immediately and he's, I can't tell like what the situation is. I can just see his rack and then I'll, you know, a little flutter of the rack, a little, I can't tell if he's like injured, if he's dead, if he's dying, if he's standing, I really couldn't tell. And so finally, like after a long time of looking, I'm like, we might not find this deer. Like, he might be totally fine. He looks like he's fine. He looks like he's living. And I'm thinking, what are we going to do? Like, my dad can't get up in this tree stand to get a shot off. There's no way we're going to walk through 10 feet tall grass Mm -hmm. and, like, somehow get a shot off in this thicket. Like, that's just not going to happen. And so I'm thinking, Dad, I'm going to act like a deer. Okay? I'm going to take this grunt tube, and I'm going to start running through the grass. Because I'm up in this tree, and I'm calculating all these things. And I'm thinking, like, this deer's not going to die. Yeah. He ended up standing up at one point. Oh, I'm missing a big part of the story, actually. I told my dad, I'm like, I want you to grunt and rattle. Because he was pretty rutted up. I said, why don't, you, why don't you grunt and rattle and see if he comes out? Like, I'm up in the tree stand. He's down below mm-hmm. with a gun. I'm like, why don't you just try and, like, rattle that rattle bag there? And I'm, like, whispering to him, mm-hmm. rattle that bag, you know, rattle it. And so he starts doing it, and he starts grunting, and this deer stands right up. And he starts like, you know, I could, I can see his body at this point. And I'm like, oh shit. Like there's no opportunity for a shot. My dad can't get up in there. And so I'm like, okay, I'm, I get down the tree. I'm like, dad, there's no way we're going to get in there on this deer. I'm going to run around. I want you to go to that tree right there. I'm going to like, when, when you're there, I'm going to take my grunt tube and just run through the grass and pretend like I'm a buck, like brat, brat, brat through the grass. And once I get to the back side of this, I'm going to just start walking through this little thicket, try and push this deer out, and you're going to shoot it. Mm-hmm. It's raining. We're not going to find blood. This deer's not dead. He's he's still re- receptive to calling. Like, I'm calculating quickly. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't really know where he shot. He said he kind of pointed at the, at the front of the shoulder, mm-hmm. and it was just really hard to understand what happened. So I went and did that, and this deer starts running out. Doesn't go in the direction we want him to. Goes on to the neighbor's property, and we see this deer limping over this berm and goes on to the neighbor's property. And it's dark now. And I'm thinking, if we keep going right now, and we got right on top of that deer, we wouldn't even be able to shoot it within 10 yards because it was like... So dark. Dark. Yeah. It was rainy. So finally, we go back to the house. I call the neighbor, give him the situation. Hey, tomorrow, can we go out and look for this deer? And I'm thinking it's going to be a Hail Mary if we can somehow get on this deer, jump him up out of his bed, and just get a shot at him. Mm-hmm. That's our luck. And he was limping really bad the last time we saw him. We go out there, couldn't find anything. And so I tell you this story because one day we're going to connect for my dad, and we're going to get him on here, and he's going to tell the story, and it's going to be beautiful. And there's still a lot of season left. Yeah, yeah. So it's just hard when you he, – he missed a deer with his bow – earlier in you know early november after you injure two deer it's kind of tough it weighs on you a lot yeah and so i think he's kind of down in the dumps but we're gonna bring him out of it yeah we have to so do we want to talk about what just happened there no no not my news to share but we we know somebody who just shot a really good deer so that's what we'll say yeah so how do we want to end this one um I'm like already looking forward to next November. I I I'm probably not prepared to talk about it now. We definitely don't have the time, but I truly feel like I grew a lot this year mm. in terms of my understanding of this game. 
like I've got all these things I want to change property wise and blah blah blah. That's that's I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about my ability to execute as a hunter. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I grew. I learned some stuff. I made some made some mistakes. Um, but I just had a lot of fun this year, and I'm looking forward to next next year. I mean, it, again, like you said, seasons. There's still a lot of season left. We're going to be doing some doe hunting. We're going to be doing some. You know, there's still a lot left to be done, but, and you know, we're tagged out here in Michigan. We filled our buck tags. Um, in a lot of ways, we did exactly what we wanted to do. In a lot of ways, we still have even more ambitious goals for next year in terms of, yeah. you know, caliber of deer that we want to chase and all this stuff. But it, we're blessed. It was, a, it was an unbelievable season. The moment series was a success. I mean, we killed four bucks in eight days. Yeah. Um can't complain about that and uh yeah i mean we need we need to pull your pops out of the dumps and get him out there and just remember why we do this yeah i mean i I could not agree more with like this was an extremely big year of learning Mm -hmm. in just a lot of ways like i have not had very much success calling in the past I've, i've never just blind called but i can't think of something that's more enjoyable i mean maybe doing that with an elk would be enjoyable but on your own property yeah when you're when you're in the rut november 7th 8th 9th and like you see a big deer come by and you and you you're like oh i gotta get him in range and you give him a grunt and he responds to it like how cool is that that was so when we talk about learning points i'll give a a teaser here because i think we'll do probably do a podcast on a bunch of stuff we learned this year november 4th november 3rd when I missed that missed pretty boy and then you and I both killed on the fourth. Those like those days there, so receptive to calling. Yeah. Like on the fourth, you saw a buck, grunted at him, he ran in, you killed him. I saw a buck, I grunted at him, he ran in, I killed him. Like if we want to just sum it up. Yeah. Like I grunted and he turned and he ran to my tree. Yep. That's exactly same same thing that happened to you on the same day, thirty minutes apart. Within the night before that. Wait, hold on. I want to add on to those two things. Yeah. Within how many seconds would you say from this from the time you grunted to the time that deer was dead? You shot that arrow and hit that deer. Twenty. Mm-hmm. No, I mean he stood there for a while. I was at full draw for a little while. Inside of a minute, from when I grunted to when he was no longer alive, a minute later. Mine, mine was like forty seconds. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. So. And pretty boy, the encounter I had the night before that, I saw this deer stand up out of his bed like 80 yards away. I grunted, and then I hit the doe bleak can, and he walked in. Mm -hmm. Just walked straight to my tree. So to go from that to then, that's November 3rd, 4th. Then November 10, 11, 12, we're seeing great bucks. Not one of them will respond to a grunt or a a rattling or nothing. They're locked down. They want nothing to do with it. And then that's 10, 11, 12. And then 15, you grunt, and this deer comes right in. Like, they go through these phases throughout the season. But that lockdown phase is like, this is the first time I've encountered it to that length and and had that kind of experience to, like, truly see, man, a lockdown deer is a tough deer to hunt. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, we have a lot of, I mean... We have a lot to unpack, and we're going to keep, like, we're still reflecting on the season and actually making sense of it all. Season's and not season's over. season's not yet. even over. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're still hunting in Ohio. Um, like I said, we've still got some does to kill. We've got dad and brother and everybody that's still got buck tags. I mean, we're still. But in a sense, though, the season is over because, I mean, we're Michigan residents. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was, like, the whole hype that we were building around Moment Series. So it, it kind of feels Feels, feels like, like we're already looking over to next year. Right, holidays are coming. You know. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, really appreciate you guys listening along this far. This is one of the longer ones we've done. Um, really great information, though. I mean, I mean, we've had some really awesome hunts, and I think that we've we've done a pretty good job of sharing those tales and stories, yeah, in real time and effectively and timely and all those things. So, um, yeah. Great year, great deer. Um, I just I'm I'm very thankful, man. Me too. So blessed, thankful. Thanksgiving, Black Friday sale. Oh yeah. So, 
I, you know, shamelessly, I'm going to plug our product, but Nate's deer, and you could argue my deer, um, would have been very difficult to find if we were not using the MagPro. Both situations, we had an entry and no exit. Arrows did not pass through um, because of the angles of the shot that we took. And without being able to refer to the footage and see exactly where that deer went, assess body language, assess point of impact, all of those things, it would have been a lot more difficult to find that those deer. Yeah. Like, the, the, the tool that is the MagPro just continues to prove itself to me as we continue using it. All that to say, we are running our only, our biggest and only sale of the year right now for Black Friday. Go to our website. This sale will run through Cyber Monday. All of our mounts being the Mag Pro, the Mag Pro Plus, the 8 degree drop versions, all of them are on sale um, right now. And as I said, this is our biggest and only sale that we'll do all year. So if you're interested in getting one, if you've hemmed and hawed, if you think now might be the right time, go get one ordered and we'll get it out the door same day. Very true. Everything you just said. The only and the biggest sale that we do. And I must say... This is a great product for gifting. Oh, yeah. Like, you, we're coming into the ho- holiday season, folks. Like, this is the right price point and the right gift to give to a hunter or fisherman or anybody that needs to be bow hunting. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact, and we're very proud to say it. Yep. So, PaintedArrowOutdoors.com, Instagram, PaintedArrowOutdoors. Check us out interact with us we'd love to hear from you keep hunting and good luck the rest of the season guys see ya see ya